Hello and welcome to another episode of the Game Alone's podcast and today we're joined by the amazing Grace Ballantyne of Melt Properties and um, what Grace basically does over there is pretty much run the show and the whole point of getting Grace on the podcast today was to talk about basically how you would take a property development company um, and turn it into a proper business um, and how you do that is by creating operations and systems and effectively a team of staff that can help drive the business forward and Grace has single-handedly practically done that over the last 18 months at Melt so very, very happy that Grace is on the show today and if you do enjoy the show um, please do share it with everyone on Instagram by taking a screenshot and of course posting it to your stories and tagging both myself and Grace Grace's details are in the show notes. So without any further ado, here's my great chat with Grace Ballantyne. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Game Alone's podcast and I'm very, very happy to finally introduce to you Grace Ballantyne because we've been trying to do this for quite a long time, haven't we Grace? But you're such a, such a busy girl, such a busy girl. I haven't been able to, um, to get hold of you but um, the Grace um, works over at Melt Properties with Evan and um, yeah, I'm just delighted to have to have Grace on, on the show today. So um, for anyone that doesn't know you, Grace, are you able to give us just a quick intro into who you are and what you do over at Melt? Yeah, sure. So um, I am Grace. I, uh, well, I used to be head of operations at Melt Properties, but that's now recently changed over to being head of acquisitions and strategy. Um, so previously what I did was run around the business, figure out all the different areas that needed to be structured, and all the different functions that we needed to create within the business, sort of set those up, set up the initial systems and processes, got on board people to do a lot of the, uh, the work now to, on, in those different functions and almost tried to make myself redundant in those as much as I could. Um, and then I've now moved on to doing the stuff that I, you know, am really passionate about, which is um, acquisitions. So acquisitions of property development, uh, sites and you know getting those across the line getting the planning on those projects and then obviously the build that happens afterwards and also working really closely on the business strategy as well um, and the sort of five-year plan uh, with Evan and helping to structure that um, and then we didn't add it to the title because it was just going to be too long but I also um, I do a lot of the work with the investment side of the business and um, I guess, uh, have the relationships with you know, family offices and high net worth um, investors as well and, you know, help facilitate that. Um, yeah, so just a few things. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, so, so you basically do about 12 different jobs <laughs> forever, yeah. it, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was saying off air to you, wasn't I, that sort of every, every business, every property business kind of needs a grace um, in some way, yeah. shape or form because... Um, and, and this is, I suppose, going to be the focus of what we talk about a little bit today is, is the idea that property businesses are businesses, you know, at the end of the day. And what Evan has, has managed to achieve and, and what you have helped him achieve. And, he, and, and you know, I, I asked you the question beforehand, do you think that Evan would, would have been able to do what he does without you? Um, and you said, you said no. And that's not egotistical, is it? That's just having somebody like you in the business helps him concentrate on the side that, that he, he can focus on. 100% you know whether it's me or someone else who does operations you know you don't have a business unless you have the operational function in place because it's really the glue that holds together the 
entire business you know it's almost like you know a project manager on site that holds the whole project together and helps it see it through end to end in a business you need someone that holds together all those different functions with different departments make sure that marketing is speaking to finance that finance is speaking to the delivery team and so on and that all those different conversations are happening at the right time but not only organizing i guess the collaboration between those departments you also then need to have those systems and processes in place within each department so that they can function as efficiently as possible. So that's as efficiently in terms of time and making sure that we're being productive in that way. But also, um, I guess, in terms of the cost as well, because, you know, if you're spending a lot of time doing stuff that just, you know, could be done in another way and could be much more efficient and having a system or a process or technology on place, in place rather, um, then that's where, you know, those savings can be had. But that's when you have a proper business but if you're running around trying to you know acquire deal after deal and get it across the line and put all of your energy into just that one thing that's not you know that's I guess a solopreneur but if you want to go from property developer to property development business then you need to take that step back look at I guess what your plan your strategy is um, and then bring on board you know the systems and processes to do that and have the implementation side of things and it's all well and good having an idea but you then need to be able to break that down into different steps and to actually be able to achieve that uh, to achieve that goal so if you're running around and you know acquiring all the sites and everything then that's great and that's fine but you need to put that other function into place uh, or else yeah you're gonna go bust <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's interesting what you said there, the difference between a property developer and a property development yeah. company. And I think there probably isn't anyone that maybe embodies that in terms of um, personification other than, than Evan. He does it really well because you see him up on stage. And when I think of a property developer, my dad's a builder, by the way, I think of my dad, you know, I think of, yeah. because me and my dad have done property developments as well. So I see him, I see grubby trousers, you know, um, a polo shirt that's probably got like a rip between, you know, the arm and the actual, the lining or whatever, hair a mess, bit of paint on the back of the neck that he has, he's missed from showering the night before. That to me is a property developer, but a prop, somebody who runs a property development company is Evan up on a stage in a nice shiny blue suit telling everyone about the nuts and bolts and the facts and the figures and the difference is kind of you in, in, a, in, a, in a nicest possible way um, is having somebody like you within a business. Yeah you know I think um, you know as I said before you know well I guess there's two types of developers right because obviously you know there's the ones who are out on site and doing the build you know day to day but I guess if you're that person on site and you're in the business and doing that all yourself then that's totally great and that's totally fine if that's what you want to do but if you want to scale up you know which seems to be the buzzword and everyone's talking about it at the moment that's great but if you want to scale up that's great and that's fine but let's put a plan in place to do that and let's actually do it responsibly so that you don't i'm going to swear here so that you don't fuck up your business <laughs> and so that you don't also fuck over your investors because if you've got some unrealistic expectations then no one's going to take you seriously so let's just back it up let's actually have a long-term approach to this and let's build not just the foundation on site, but let's build the foundation of the business so that then you can actually do multiple projects if you so choose to. And that's kind of what we've um, been really focused on in the past year or so at Melt Property is setting that 
foundation of the business in place you know getting these things right it's definitely not perfect yet and I don't think it ever will be perfect but getting you know the people in place that need to be in the different roles that they enjoy doing as opposed to just doing stuff for the sake of it um and having you know that really collaborative culture within the team that people are free to speak their mind should they choose to um and that it's not all about just you know the one person or one person's views that it is a collaboration so that we can actually make it the best possible company as well you know and somewhere that people want to work but also somewhere that um you know we just deliver some cool shit or cool sites as i should cool. say no i like that we just deliver some cool shit yeah I, that's cool and, and, look, and to be honest i've you know i've seen them um, and you actually invite people along you know just anyone can kind of you do like uh, well back pre-lockdown you were doing like visitor days and stuff like that so people could come and see you full yeah. shit couldn't they yeah yeah they could and actually those days as well we just thought there's a lot of people that are interested in finding out more about what we do and this particular site in Kennington so we thought you know what we'll invite people along if people are interested in you know getting involved and potentially investing or want to find out more great that's fine but if they don't that's fine too we just you know want to invite you know we've got this pool of people that are interested so let's give them the opportunity to have a further conversation and see what happens yeah i love that and i don't feel like you get that in many other industries property seems to be a very very open and inclusive sort of community doesn't it and um the more i'm delving into it um you know especially last couple of years in going along to more of these events which is obviously where we met um you you, you see that there's there's so many of the, the same people they're all coming together and and sharing ideas and there doesn't seem to be this kind of competition like there might you might seem like there is in in other in other industries which i think is is great so it's great that you kind of just open up the sites and go yeah come along have a, have a look see what oh, we're doing hang out have a drink we'll just, let's let's have some fun doing it you know because it is a hard slog property and it, and you know it, it it can be lonely as we all know especially being in lockdown mm. um and we're all trying to hustle and we're all, you know, trying to get projects and sites and, and make things happen and juggle a million different things at once. But let's also enjoy it, you know, otherwise, why the hell are we doing this? Absolutely. And um, what you used a really good word, which I guess kind of branches off from what you just said, is you used the word collaboration when you're talking mm. about what you do with, um, with Evan, which I think is really, really cool. Because a lot of people think of, right, I own a business, I'm going to get employees in. And... Mm. I own them is that the right terminology to use whereas what I love with the way that you describe it and obviously you kind of seeing it firsthand how you and Evan kind of bounce off each other and stuff I've seen you like talk to each other at events I've seen you like there's been a couple of things I think that Brendan's done where you've both been on at the same time so you know it is more of a collaboration and he doesn't speak to you like a subordinate if that's kind of yeah, yeah. That's such a horrible word, isn't it? But no, no, but it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. He he I think he treats it and you obviously treat it as well like a collaboration. How how important do you actually think that is in terms of a you know a conducive kind of working relationship? Yeah. I think well, personally, you know, I prob I, I don't know if I would have been involved if it was any other way because you know, I'm very much, you know, so I've been running around this property industry for a couple of years now and, and providing consultancy services to other businesses within property and kind of doing my own thing. And I guess the way that I, you know, got on board was actually just through having a, I guess, a good relationship with Evan and getting to know each other. And he said, look, come on board, help me out. I'll help you out. And, you know, we'll take it from there. But with what, the, and that's actually stayed true. And what we do day to day is, you know, if I ever thought or an opinion on something like I'm, 
open to say that and I don't feel uncomfortable in saying that at all and actually I think that's valued because then that is you know brought to the table and can help bring the business you know to a better place you know so we'll have some people who agree on things some people that don't agree on things but you know we're all big enough and bold enough at the end of the day you know if it's not our way that's fine but I think you know and it's taught me as you know someone who's you know looking to grow my own business and everything that okay it's important to take the opinions that other people have and that other people bring to the table because then you know although you might not agree with them then you've actually got a full picture of what everyone's saying you've felt had everybody feel heard in it so that it's not like they're you know they've not been able to have that opportunity to say their piece and then you know whether or not you decide to go with people's different opinions or do a you know a mix of them all at least then you are fully informed as that business owner rather than just thinking oh well I know best you know so I'm just going to do it my way so I do think it's you know really important you know you might have great instincts being that CEO or the person that's heading up the company but it doesn't mean that you can't listen and take on board things that other people say because sometimes when you are just so laser focused on your you know what you think is right you know um you, you might be missing something there so I think it, it's so important and I think you know it's um it's what's enabled then you know us in Melt to have the team that we have because we have like some really great um experience within the team you know from different parts of the industry people from property not from property but that never would have happened unless you know people felt as though they had a say and that, that as though it was their business as well because actually i'm just trying to think of everyone in the business and we're all entrepreneurs ourselves anyway so that's a lot of different personalities and a lot of different clashes and a lot of different opinions going on there but how that's been able to be managed is that then you know we're all willing to hear what each other you know have to say and we're open to hearing that and we want to hear that because we're all experienced in different in different things so I do think it is really important obviously you know if people have slightly different business structures then it's just applying that to their own business in their own way but I do feel like it's important to to hear the opinions of your subordinates so to yeah. speak I was so I wish I hadn't said that word because it's such a horrible no, word. It. Such a <laughs> subordinate. It's horrible. It's so it's so derogatory. Oh, you know, I love it. But I something I said the other day is I don't even know how this came up in a conversation. But I was like, you know what? Call me the PA. Call me the CEO. At the end of the day, it ain't going to change a thing of what I do. Like I do what I do day to day, and titles don't really mean a thing. So I'm just going to crack on and like stay in my lane and do what I do and fine <laughs> Joe, actually it's funny enough because I, I when you said when you said the word ceo i, I wrote down on my pad ceo question mark to, to, to quickly ask you a question to go off on a mini mini tangent by the time mm. this airs um you know my, my new company would have been set up so um so i don't have to keep sort of any secrets but um i was talking to my wife and she was talking about titles she said um mm. you know what what, what are you going to be called and i was like i presume i'll be ceo i don't know i haven't really given it too much thought and she turned around she goes you can't be called ceo you sound like such a wanker if you're called CEO. And I was oh like, God, I love your wife. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, so what, what do I call myself then? Owner? Founder? Uh-huh. She went, she went, Sam, just just put director or something. Don't don't be a wanker. And I was like, okay, all right, yes, yes, darling. Um, she picked she she picked out my I I, I you know my, my wife is very good with this kind of stuff, and she's even helped me in terms of, you know, I designed a load of logos, and she picked out the one. I got four, and she went, no, that's the one, and that's what we're going with. So, 
um that's my collaboration you know the wife <laughs> she she helps she helps me out yeah, I actually, I actually, she's like no don't be ceo but actually sorry very opinionated but no i do think a lot of people like run so I, i've met a few people uh, who call themselves ceo and um i'm like oh cool so how many members in your team and they're like oh just me like, so, oh, okay so, so, so you're not a ceo then <laughs> really you've just set up a limited company for 12 pound and you're okay cool right that's how we're doing it then um but you know so i think it is that thing of um you know i guess you know in in some ways people call themselves a ceo from the get-go because i guess you know you it's need sexy and i think it sounds cool you need to create that um you know i guess uh title for yourself or you know the, the authority and credit right for it but i also think there's something about just being humble and being like, do you know what, I don't need that title, I'll call myself founder or director or whatever, and then once I'm at that point of being CEO and having a big team, then I'll call myself that. But I think yeah. each to their own a little bit as well. But um, yeah, I do see a lot of so-called CEOs running around. Yeah. And I suppose this kind of follows on because the other thing that I picked up from what you were just saying previously before that was this whole, what, and I love this philosophy as well, is, is the, the art of listening. You know, actually building a team and trusting their involvement and the way that I see this um, and you can tell me whether you think I'm talking bullshit or not is I see it like the owner of a business so you know Evan sitting at the top for example he's kind of like the conductor in an orchestra because he doesn't necessarily know how to play the violin or he doesn't necessarily know how to play the trumpet or the double bass or the whatever it is that, that makes up the orchestra he doesn't know how to play those instruments maybe he does to a reasonable standard but not to the level of the professional person in that orchestra and so it's very important that there's like that two-way thing between the orchestra and the conductor in that the conductor keeps the pace you know keeps everyone accountable on you know motivated and and, and keeps them going but ultimately it's those individuals that, that he has to trust to actually make that sound sound good and fit within the cogs of, of everything that's going on and that's how I kind of see a really well-run business. Like that's a good analogy for me. Is that kind of how you see it at Melt? Is that in terms of what yeah, kind of you do or Evan does? And have it all work together, right? To have all those different instruments playing at the right time so they all sound good together. So mm. yeah, 100%. I mean, the role of a CEO or the founder of the company or the person that runs it isn't you know, to know everything because you're spending all your time trying to learn everything then you're not going to actually be able to drive your business forward the role of the ceo is to know yes a little bit about everything or most things but to really know enough to just be able to manage people in those departments and to ask the right questions and to know when you know things just need to be shifted in a slightly different way in order to function i guess you know in the best possible way so it's not their role to know everything and that's yeah I'd say that's true as well within within Melt so you know um, Evan openly says this you know his, the delivery piece is not his bag and it's not really what he's passionate about the construction side of it so we've got certain people in the business that take that on day to day and that know a lot more about it than Evan does you know in the granular detail but what Evan's good at doing is asking the right questions and saying I guess almost the vision of what he wants and what he's trying to achieve but the exact steps behind how that happens and is implemented you know is really sits and is responsible with the people in those departments as is you know with marketing or interior design or all the different elements again you know a bit about it but you don't need to know everything about it because you've got I guess the experts within those roles doing 
what they need to do. So I think that's the same in property, but really any industry as well. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And it's the way that I always see it, because I used to work um, a, a long, long time ago, it seems like now I worked at Savills. Um, and my, my job there was, I was a fully qualified broker, but I kind of wanted to go into, um, I'd only had a couple of years experience and I just wanted to kind of up my game a little bit and work with, with better types of clients than maybe I was working with previously. So I took on this role where there's a lot of similarities, I think, between what I did there and what you, you've been doing at Mel in that I looked at the, um, everything that went on within the company from, you know, first speaking to a client, um, you know, looking to arrange their finance and, 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 and all the administration that goes into doing that, final, finalizing the deal and, and completing it at the other end and pulling it apart and working out who does what. And that, I, I mean, you know, I was learning on the job. You know, I had no experience of doing that before, um, but we created this, this, this much, much better structure that I've been able to implement you know, down the line myself. Um, so I suppose in a, that, that's kind of what, what your job was originally, was going in, would you say, and looking at what was there already, picking it apart and going, right, who, who, who should be doing what? Because you already said, Evan doesn't like the, the construction element of it. So if you were pulling apart the, the process within Melt, you'd go, right, Evan doesn't want to do this, so we need to find a way of removing Evan from this part of the process. Mm-hmm. Mm, no, 100%, and that's, um, that's what we did. You know, I think I came on board uh, basically to free up his time, like as simplistic as that. I was looking at, okay, how can I, and almost putting myself in his shoes, right, because I'm doing this as a learning for everything for me, so the fact that I've been able to do this across Melt is, is huge, because I know pretty much exactly how to do this now for my business, which is brilliant. Um, but yeah, it was kind of looking at everything that he was doing and me sitting there going, okay, well, why is he doing that? Why is he doing that? He doesn't need to do his own social media posts. He doesn't need to be involved on in the delivery side of things to an extent, you know, yes, still some form of involvement, but more so managing that person rather than doing it. Actually, what does he enjoy doing? Okay, he likes doing the upfront part of the deals. That's what he's good at. You know, so it was going in, figuring out all those things that needed to be done and figuring out how to just free up his time so that he had more room to think and be creative, which is really the CEO's role, which is to drive that business forward. And what I did then, you know, as part of, um, I guess, my learning, but also then helping him out was me taking on a lot of those roles initially, never, you know, with the vision of um, doing them long term, because he knew this as well. I was just going to get bored doing all these things long term. But what I enjoy, because actually my um, Wealth Dynamics profile is a creator, as is Evan. So hence why we clash quite a lot on stuff. <laughs> um, but, you know, and so a creator really is um, a profile that likes the strategic thinking side of things that likes um, the planning part of it and the sticking the deal together and, and those kind of things rather than a lot of the detail behind it. So what I'm good at and what I did was kind of set up the different departments um, of the business, but at a fairly high level and get them to a certain point that then an expert in that department could come on board and, and take on or that, you know, well, for example, the marketing department, I came on board, took that on, set up the content process, set up, uh, well, I guess with the PR team, the relationship that we have and kind of started to set a structure behind that. But I've done marketing for a number of years and it's not something that I'm interested in doing day to day or else I would have stayed in my corporate marketing jobs. So then we had Zoe come on board, which she loves it and she's great at it and she's passionate about it. So Zoe's come on board and taken kind of the process that I put into place for the content process and our on-site marketing, how we market our developments. And she's taken that and run with that and improved it and made it better and added things to it. And that's great because I think 
when you're the person that's you know running the business or the person that's setting up the different departments like you know you've done your job well if you've made yourself as like redundant as possible yeah. in those departments and that's exactly what my goal was um you know i guess i kind of in a way maybe talk myself out of a job but i was like i don't want to do this stuff day to day if i've made myself redundant like that is brilliant and if i just need to help oversee or put an opinion in here you know every now and again with the marketing stuff so i'm still involved in that but I'm not involved day to day in it. I'm just involved in helping to point things in the right direction or, you know, some strategic initiatives that we do. And I think that's very much the role of what the CEO, you know, would do as well. But we just kind of at that point split it a little bit so that I was setting up those things that he could free up his time to get other parts of the business in order. And now that's taken another shift because we've kind of set up a lot of that stuff so now it's more the piece of running um i guess the operations and driving that even further forward but i don't now need to do that i've again taught myself out of or got myself out of that part of the job and i'm now like focusing on the acquisition side of things which is kind of what i wanted to do from the from the get-go um but i'm happy that i've been able to have that opportunity to set up all those different processes within, within the business yeah and i suppose i think when i'm when you're saying that the thing that's coming into my head which i think a lot of people stress about is actually letting go of stuff the the, the ultimate goal we all know it deep down that the ultimate goal within certain parts of a business is to make yourself redundant to use your terminology but so yeah. many people stress on that and don't want to let things go um or don't want to delegate I suppose is the word. I mean, I, I said this to, to, to the, the missus the other day. Um, she said, oh, do you want me to um, do anything to help you out? Because she's been furloughed at the moment. And I said to her, I said, to be honest with you, it's going to take me longer to show you how to do it than to do it myself. But you only have to show them these people once and then that, that recurs, doesn't it? So do you think that just within, maybe just within business as a whole, one of the big problems that solopreneurs, and this is why they go off into the solopreneur Thing is is actually the art of delegation they can't do it they can't let go of of the jobs 100 and i i actually have that as well and i'm aware of it and i'm constantly thinking okay i need to be able to step back from this or how do i delegate but then it's almost as you say you go oh well, well how do i delegate this what do i do you know how, how does this even you know i can i only i can do this as good as i do it you know no one else could ever do it that way um but i think what it comes down to is if you break it down into different steps so what i do is figure out all the parts of the process that i and only i can do or that only evan can do or whoever it might be but there are a million different parts of that that someone else can do so what i've started to do on the deal appraisal side of things you know because I'm, I'm in the acquisitions um, side of the business now we've got like a 250 million pound pipeline we've got deals that come through that get sent every single day you know i have to quickly weigh up what we can and can't appraise you know because we don't have time to appraise everything that comes through the door and so i quickly realized that i was getting like overwhelmed with everything that's coming through and i, I can't sit there look at spreadsheets every day or else i won't be out you know bloody acquiring the site yeah. so what i did was um we're now so we've got a va on board who i've trained her already she's brilliant but i've trained her on certain parts of the appraisals so not everything because i still need to do quality control and check that things are right but i don't need to be the person sitting there downloading the planning documents inputting all of the data um you know putting in every single one of the 237 units that is in one of the, the developments that i'm looking at at the moment you know putting in all that information i don't need to do that what i need to do is show her up front once how that's done correctly and then she needs to go out and run that and let me know if there's any questions. And then 
I just need to give her certain elements of the information. So, and I think also sometimes we have an unrealistic expectation that if we're delegating something that, oh, okay, it's taken so much longer than now to explain it how to do someone how to do something. But actually that's just the first time. So the first time it's going to take stupidly long to do because you're trying to explain it, trying to go back and forth on it. But once that learning is there with a VA or a team member, whoever it is, then that learning is always there. And, you, and especially if they're doing it day in, day out as well. So that's what I've done. I've filmed like a bunch of training videos as to how we do things. The comparables process, we do that very detailed. And again, I'm a creator. I'm great at quickly looking at the high level comparables and I can sit there and input everything into a spreadsheet. But is that the best use of my time? Absolutely not. What is the best use of my time is getting somebody else to do that and training them really clearly on what types of comparables we look for, how we look for those comparables, how to stalk the shit out of comparables if they're not on right move or property data or whatever. Um, so it's like stalking an ex-boyfriend, but you're stalking property comparables instead. I don't have <laughs> um, any ex-boyfriends to stalk, unfortunately. Right. No, no. <laughs> um, and then once she can do all of that i don't need to do that i just need to double check the work at the end or say if there's any pointers there and then it gets all of that off my plate and i can focus on the stuff that actually makes sense for us to progress with or for us to be doing further kind of more complicated appraisals on shall we say rather than all that upfront stuff that's coming in where it's really more of a vetting process because if you see a hundred deals that come into your inbox maybe only 10 of them will look like they look like they might even be a possibility so i don't even really need to get involved until we've whittled it down to 10 and then i would be the one i guess maybe doing more um detail on those appraisals or or again you know getting our va to do more detail on that as well and, and having that um be between the two of us so i think it is hard to delegate and i'm still struggling with that too i think one of the big things is delegating the social media actually because i'm aware i'm not posting as much as i should but then i don't want to not uh, you know, to put something out that I don't believe in or that isn't done the right way. So I'm trying to figure out a way to make that more time effective. But yeah, I think it's something that, you know, we, and we shouldn't delegate actually, sorry, I'm really going on a rant here. We shouldn't oh, delegate fine. unless we, you know, can fully be clear in how we explain it to people. So whenever I delegate something, I make sure that I really break it down super clearly as to what that process is and how to do it step by step. Because when you explain something to someone clearly, you're not only saving your time, but you're saving their time as well. So they can be doubly as productive. Um, but also then, you know, because then a lot of people say, oh, well, I, I tried to delegate to a VA, but it just didn't work. You didn't understand it or whatever. But it's actually, that's not a reflection on the person that you're delegating to. Uh, that's a reflection on how you've explained it and communicated it. And that's why it is so important to put that time in up front to communicate things in the right way or to plan in the right way because then that saves so much more time down the line 100 I, I couldn't agree with you more on that point about using vas because i wouldn't say i'm, I'm the authority on using vas i've used things like fiverr um, and upwork to just get somebody to do quick easy tasks for me um, in the past but the big problem that i've i've had is you know the first few times i used it and even you know i i, I used it um, I used Fiverr early on in the week to get some some um, some bits and pieces designed for me, and um, I I did find that I was getting annoyed. I was getting frustrated. You know, why are they not doing what I'm asking them to do? And it took I took, had to sort of take myself back and go, 
no, you haven't explained this well enough. If they don't know what to do, they're doing this and they've got five star reviews and they're doing this for those other people and everyone's happy. So the problem's probably with you, you know, you're not explaining it properly. So I think you're absolutely right. I think the problem with delegation is that a lot of people maybe I don't maybe don't realise the, you know, how how important it is to properly hand over. You know, not just go, right, here you go, here's a mess, figure it out. You've got to give them pretty detailed instructions as to what they're going to do. Otherwise, it's going to be counterproductive. They're not going to do the job properly. But that's down to you. 100%. 100%. I think especially that when you've got someone coming on board who it is just a, this is what I want you to do and this is how I want you to do it. And it's this step by step process. If you bring in someone on board into it, or like, for example, with me, I definitely didn't get that from Evan when I started. I was just walked in. I was like, okay, what do I need to solve here? But that was a different kind of delegation because I guess I was coming in just to be like, okay, give all the shit to me and let's see what I'll do with it and I'll just take it on. Whereas when you're bringing on board someone, I guess, who is more of that VA type, you need to be very clear, step by step, this is how you do things. Otherwise, it's just not going to work. But yeah. actually, the reason kind of why I know that as well as from my marketing background, because I had to always brief marketing agencies about um, you know, the, the next big campaign that we were doing at Sky or whatever. And I would have to be super clear in those briefs. Otherwise we'd get something back from an agency where they're charging like tens of thousands of pounds, you know, these big central London agencies. And if I got something back that wasn't right or that was, you know, yeah, completely off brief, then it was down to me. It was off brief. I need to be clear up front with what I'm asking or else it's just it all goes wrong at the back end. Yeah, no, absolutely right. And um, I was just thinking about that in that the, the way that I sort of think about what we're talking about here is the difference between working on your business rather than in your business. Um, and, you know, with this delegation, the, the idea is that they're taking over the tasks that are like the day to day running of the business tasks. Um, and that you're so that you have the time to take that step back so that you can kind of have a bit more of a, I suppose, uh, bird's eye view of things and 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 be a bit more strategic and be able to think about how you can actually grow the business but and if you're stuck in that like the mire of the day-to-day -day tasks you can't do that mm, yeah 100 percent. you know you're getting caught up with the with the little small details or just the running of the business and that's important to do um, when you start out and that's important to do anyway because you need to know at least to an extent how each of those different departments works and the, the different issues that happen in those departments so that then you can manage those departments. But at some point, you know, as we kind of go back to what I was saying at the start, if you want to scale your business, you cannot do everything yourself and you cannot be the person operationally, you know, doing everything across those different departments. You either need to bring on board people or systems or processes or a combination of all of those along with technology to be able to do a lot of that stuff so that you can free up your time to drive the business forward because that strategic thinking is so important. But a lot of businesses don't have the time and a lot of small businesses don't have the time to do that because they're too focused on just trying to stay afloat and so if you can get that right and if you can structure in the right way then that's when you actually have a property development business as opposed to property developer yeah <laughs> no, i can completely agree and while you were saying that i was thinking if i was if i was listening to this i'd be thinking that's all well and good and i and i get this but how, how do i how do i actually start this process of delegating and stuff like that and and um i'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to plagiarize some something else that i've heard somebody say so if you're listening to this and this is what you said i, I apologize in advance of admitting that, that it wasn't me that came up with this but somebody said the best question 
that you can ask um, when you're interviewing somebody um, is asking them to, to put themselves in one of these two categories. Do you prefer for me to give you a load of stuff and let you deal with it and come up with the processes and plans and, and, and basically it becomes your little project? Or do you like to follow a set of rules? and just you know mm. basically sort of painstakingly just go through a daily task list and um, and this person said that when you're starting out with business and you're bringing on the first person you probably want somebody that fits into the first category and then as you grow and you expand and have a larger business you probably want more people that fit into the second category mm. is that kind of were you that first person were you the person where yeah, just went, so many you realizations now yeah yeah because i was just like all right give it to me i'll take it on let's see and and yeah just kind of do it all um yeah definitely the first category because i think if someone gave me a list to do again coming back to that entrepreneurial type personality but also creator type personality i think that would stifle my creativity and i think that's why the corporate world just didn't really sit well with me once i got to a point where i kind of understood how it all worked and kind of understood you know what was going on and and the different structures there it was just became fairly boring you know and just the mundane day-to-day -day stuff and didn't really feel like there was much room for growth or progression. But yeah, 100%, the first one of, you know, ha having that autonomy and authority to be able to go and make those decisions and figure out those problems, that's very much me. Um, and that's very much, I think a lot of people probably in property and entrepreneurs is that they need that freedom and creativity uh, to do that. So yeah, definitely. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you agreed with me on that one because I kind of just threw that out and was thinking, oh yeah. crap, if, if Grace completely turns around and says, no, you're wrong, it makes me look like an idiot. I know, and um, Evan would back me on that as well. He knows better than to give me a list because I'll rip up the list and be like, I'll come up with a better one, mate. <laughs> yeah, but you, so, you, um, you mentioned earlier on about, and this is actually funny enough, it seems really weird that this is just coming up consistently now on these podcasts is people mentioning this thing, this wealth dynamics. And I haven't done it, but I've had various different people tell me what they think I am yeah I probably will do it at some point but I think I have done it I think when I went for a job like years and years and years ago I think somebody got me to do it as, as part of it but you obviously mentioned in terms of where, where you sit is how important do you think it is that to actually when you're bringing people into the business to understand where they sit on that kind of wealth dynamic spectrum so you can get them into the right yeah. positions I think it's really important because otherwise it can lead to problems, you know, down the line because people might be getting frustrated in roles, you know, and it's not necessarily because anyone's really done anything wrong. It's just, it's not the right fit for them or they don't communicate in that way. So I think it is important to understand people's, you know, different personalities and what makes them tick, you know, before bringing people into a business. So for example, Zoe, who's part of the team, she's the supporter personality. So which means that she's really good at, just getting shit done <laughs> and you know taking so she she was the one that came on board and and you know it's now you know driving the marketing process forward and she's really good at building teams motivating those teams and then continuing you know doing those pieces of work and churning out the content and taking all the stuff that you know Evan's come up with and and turning those into little bits um, to go out online whereas I personally and Evan as well you know wouldn't be wanting to do that day to day because it would drive us insane would, would be wanting to do many other um other things and so that's you know why for me the acquisitions and the strategy part of the business that like, really sits 
well with what I do because I love going out and acquiring sites and figuring out problems and seeing if you know a deal stacks and and having a look at all the deals that are coming in and I can quickly figure out you know what works what doesn't work um, and that's also why the the operations piece to begin with worked really well because I was able to set up all these different little departments in in the business and I think that's down to again the personality type there so yeah I do think you should take that test um, you might it might help to to clear um, things up or to help you figure out when you're in your flow, I think they call it, because it really made me a lot clearer with, um, yeah, with, okay, that's why I don't enjoy that stuff. And, oh, okay, cool. So the spreadsheet side of things, great. I'm good at doing like the initial part of it, but if I have to sit there for hours and hours and maintain data, like that's just not going to work and I'm going to get really frustrated. But also <laughs> you really slow at it and not, you know, it's just not the best job for me, but someone else could do that so much quicker than yeah. I could. I'd probably sit there for five hours staring at it and just like banging my head on the desk and eventually get it done, but it just wouldn't be a good use of time. So yeah, yeah, I think that's a good thing for you to do because especially with you starting the, um, your own business and everything now. I think, yeah, yeah, it's probably good for me to know. I, I think me and my business partner would definitely be kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum because we can already see that, you know, the way that we would work work together there is crossover but there's also large proportions of stuff that i love doing he hates i mean the idea I've, I've been trying to get him to be like to have a proper instagram account and and use social media for years and he just flat out refuses he's not interested at all you know i love marketing i love i love that kind of stuff he's like give me a spreadsheet any day so so definitely we're good though because if you both um yeah, both loved marketing or both loved the spreadsheets and there'd be an element missing from the business. So that's Absolutely. Brilliant. No, I can completely agree. But um, look, I can't believe it. We've been doing, it feels like we've just been doing it for 10 minutes, but we definitely haven't. Um, we've, been, we've been, we've been on this for, for sort of 45 minutes or so now, which is, which is amazing. It's just, I know it's great. And it, it annoys me. And this is why I think so many people I have on and, and hopefully you'll be exactly the same Grace. Is everyone afterwards says, yeah, we can do a part two at some point because you know, you need to, to build on, on kind of what, what we've, we've spoken about, but um, I'm, I'm really, really happy that we eventually managed to get a time in your very busy schedule um, to, to get this done because everything that we've just been discussing, I think is just that's really amazing fundamentals for those people out there that are the solo entrepreneurs, that are the business developers, uh, sorry, the, um, the property developers, not the property development company CEOs that are trying to figure out what they do next. And I think that there's enough in here um, certainly given given them a few snippets of, of where to start but in terms of anyone wants to actually ask you any questions on this or wants to follow you on social media um how can they go about doing that grace uh they can do that uh so i'm on what what platforms am I? i'm on instagram um just at grace valentine and linkedin as well um just my name grace valentine so people can find me on there um and facebook too so send me a friend request but yeah, I'm on, I'm on all those platforms every now and again. Um, yeah, so send me a message on there. Perfect, good stuff. And I did warn you beforehand that there would be the very, very important question coming up at the end um, to satisfy my need for chocolate information. Um, and being, you know, not being a, a Brit originally, um, you, mm. we thought you might have a, a bit of a different sort of opinion on, on this, but chocolate-wise, what is, what is your favourite chocolate grace what what if you could only eat one chocolate for the rest of your life what would it be right so this came up on a, a live that i did with brendan quinn the other week 
don't know how it came into the subject. We were supposed to be talking about property, but we ended up spending 10 minutes talking about chocolate. That was really valuable and value-add to everyone. Sorry, this is a big build-up. So my favourite chocolate is something that I grew up with in Australia um, called a Caramello Koala, which is probably the most epic chocolate, I think, that has ever existed. Also, just because it's in the shape of a koala, which is just so Australian. Yeah, I was going to say, what, what are they? What, what actually so are they? It's just basically milk chocolate, but it's got caramel inside. But because it's called a Caramello Koala, it's just you know, it just adds that extra touch to it. And it's the, yeah, it's the shape of a koala and it's got the little eyes and everything on it and the little ears. So um, that's for so many reasons, my favorite. Also because I haven't had it for about seven or eight years now. Oh. So if anyone's listening to this from Australia, <laughs> please um, send. <laughs> or if anyone just feels the need to send me some chocolate, please, please send one over. And yeah, we'll have to get Sam one as well. Cause you, you need yeah, to Yeah, I haven't, haven't tried any. I am, um, although, although, um, you might tell me off of this because I'm trying to like lump it all in the same. Um, but I never had one when I went to Australia. I never had, had a koala when I went to Australia. But when I went to New Zealand, I did have, um, I think they're called like chocolate pineapples or something. Do you know what I'm talking about? Which is like... Why do I know this? They're like, um, it's, I suppose the, the closest thing I can describe, which is ironic because I freaking hate it, um, which is the Turkish delight chocolate you can get. So it's a little bit like that, but it's kind of got this like flumpy marshmallowy i don't know jelly bean style uh pineapple flavored thing surrounded by dark chocolate and they were just like the greatest thing ever um i consumed a lot of those when i was in new zealand i wonder um, if you can order any of these online i'm sure there'll be there must be but i'm sure you can get these kind of deliveries online absolutely so the other, the other one from Australia that I really like is the, um, what are they call the cherry something. Cherry ripe. Cherry that's ripe. They are, they're so good. Cause that's dark. That's like, that's basically kind of similar thing, but it's like cherry and coconut in the middle with dark chocolate okay. on the outside. And that is, yeah. But epic. it's not shaped as a koala. It's so. not. It loses, it loses in the, in the shape category. Uh, but the taste category is, you know, Stella so can't can't complain there but um look Grace again thank you so 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 much for jumping on with me today and uh sharing all of your value and knowledge uh with everyone and um yeah we'll maybe look to, to do another one later on in the year or next year once uh once maybe you're out on your own or Evan's got you doing something completely different <laughs> who knows who knows where it'll be in a few months time but no thank you for having me on I've really really enjoyed it no, no smile to my face today <laughs> good well we're going into the weekend now so it's a nice way of uh, of starting that but um, yeah thanks ever so much grace and uh, we'll see you all again soon thank you well there you have it another one bites the dust as they say but let me ask you a quick question did you enjoy this episode if so please do subscribe to the podcast as well as rating and reviewing it. This really does help me get my podcast out to more people and I'll be eternally grateful. As well as this, are you in property and wondering what to do at the moment? Well, if that's the case, I've set up a fantastic new Facebook group called Social Media for Property Investors. Check out the link in the show notes below and join us where we will discuss all the things that you need to know to smash it on social media. See you later.